Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast, the hospitality leadership podcast with me, Andy Jones. And today I welcome Anthony Paponi onto the Cafe Hustle, who is a trainer, motivational speaker and chief happiness officer. And we're going to be talking all about burnout. So recognizing the signs of burnout, we're also going to touch on why hospitality leadership development is important, especially when it comes to managing you know, burnout and identifying that in your teams. But also we're going to talk about how you can cope with stress in the workplace and life and how you can help or things you can do to help prevent reaching the point of burnout in the first place so this is part one of the episode hope you could join us for part two which is coming on friday but until then we're going to get into this episode after we get back from thanking our sponsors now is the perfect time to make any changes in your business and begin forming new habits with your team that means it's the perfect time to introduce employee scheduling software to your business and that's exactly what rotacloud does build your employee schedule in record time simply by dragging and dropping your way to a staff rotor within minutes it's just as simple to change and alter and tweak your schedule as you need to and you'll know in hospitality that happens all the time and it also helps to keep on top of your staff availability their contact contracted hours, holiday and leave remaining, and any upcoming days off so you're fully informed. With a really intuitive user interface, you can copy entire week shifts or duplicate select team members shifts and not others and apply them across any date range. I've said many times the biggest change for me in my business from an admin point of view is when I started using employee scheduling software and I have no doubt Rotoglout can do exactly the same for you. Don't wait. Pause this episode and head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash rotacloud and sign up for your free 30-day free trial. What's more, there's no credit card required. It's a genuine free trial. Do it now. That's thecafehustle.com forward slash rotacloud. So, Anthony, very well, thank you very much, first and foremost, for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And we're just talking there about getting ready for Christmas. We're recording this <laughs> on the 22nd, and we're both in the same situation where we're not quite fully ready for it yet. But, um, but yeah, certainly, listen, thank you so much for coming on. I, I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah. But I'm going to jump into our first question. We start every single episode with it, and that is what drives you? Uh, yeah, it's it's come back full circle really hard and heavy for me lately. I just lost a friend to, uh, I don't know if it was accidental or intentional overdose. And um, yeah, Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been really hard. Uh, he was a really hard friend. I don't think a lot of people have been surprised by this piece, but there's a lot of suffering in the world. And I, I'm here to end that, you know, and I'm not here to work with people with, you know, se severe mental health challenges. I think there's other professionals that work on that, but there's the rest of us that, you know, are just looking to find like real joy in this life. And I, I love ending the myths about what really makes us happy because I think we are distracted from what we should really focus on. And, um, you know, a lot of the work that I do is in workplaces because we should find joy in our work and work should still be hard and that's okay. It's actually good for work to be hard, but uh, I think people are in general just suffering, and and I think there's a, a lot of ways to ease that suffering um, by by just not listening to the lies about what what we are told will make us happy. Yeah, no, that there is, and and enlightening people like that can be can be very rewarding, and no doubt that's why you do what you do, and and really I think you're right. There is a lot of suffering. We aren't all in a position where we're happy, and 
I think really that's something we'll always strive towards. We'll never, we may never even quite get there, but I think if we can get most of the way there, certainly work has a big impact on, on how we feel, not only whilst we're at work, but out of there. And yeah, I think a lot of us are in that position where we want to help people understand doesn't have to be worst case scenario every day. There's things that we can do both as employers, as managers, or as ourselves that can, can make that difference. Yeah. And you said a couple of things that I think are really important. Um, but one is a reframe is that, you know, maybe we'll never get there to being happy. I, I would say, don't wait, you know, be happy now yeah. and don't put conditions on. I'll be happy when, because then you're always kind of kicking the can down the road and that you're, you're, that's a missed opportunity. And it's not selfish to focus on your own happiness first, you know, especially if you're, mm-hmm. especially if you're a person that works around with other people. That's by the way, almost everybody. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you being happy has a ripple effect on the people around you. And if you're a leader, you're kind of setting the tone of culture of like, yeah, like this is going to be hard, you know, restaurants and hospitality is super hard. It's demanding. It can be 24 yeah. seven. And if you want to set the tone that it's really hard and that it's always chaos and that it's always challenging and that the, the clients have outrageous expectations. Well, fine, because and the brain will will gravitate towards that because we are wired for negativity. Uh, I think our job is to say, hey, amidst all these challenges and uh, however hard it's going to be, we're going to be happy doing what we do. You know, so I think you, you, just what you've touched on there is is putting it in a way that you accept and you acknowledge that the difficulties are there because it's no point doing the opposite where you're you're not expecting it to be hard. Certainly in our line of work, you have to be prepared that you are going to have that rush. You are going to have that feeling of maybe not having full control over, you know, the lunch rush, say, for example. But we have to accept and acknowledge that we have the skills and the ability to deal with that and, and helping people come from that that position. It's, it is, it's a, it's a really, like I'm, I've got a cycling background and and really it was very much from one thing I learned from that which was doing time trials is you tell yourself this is going to be extremely hard because the last thing you want to do is try and tell your brain it's not going to be and then suddenly <laughs> the reality of the situation is yeah it is really really painful it's yeah. really hard uh no thank you <laughs> I don't want to yeah, I don't no. want to do time yeah. trials so. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a particular type of person, I think. But yeah, just give us a little bit of your background, where what your careers look like, what your journey is, and how you've got to where you are today. Yeah, the, it's an interesting question, and it was really interesting to think about that in the context of of your audience, because I have a background in hospitality, and um, it's not my professional career, but it was important as uh, as where I am today. So my first ever job, we have a brand over here in the United States called Little Caesars. Uh, it's the pizza brand. And that was one of my first jobs. And um, and there's a lot of things embedded in there, but I think the important part of that is when you move from, um, I was working in the kitchen and then moving out, and I was always like like wide-eyed about being um, a waiter, being like, oh man, that seems like it's so stressful. It's like this aspirational thing. And then you do it, you know, and you're like, well, if I can do that, what else can I do, you know? And so, um, but it was really valuable for me because, you know, your job, um, you know, if it's based on gratuities here in the United States, uh, if you're not doing a good job with your building rapport with those people, then you're not getting tipped, you know? And so how do you instantly build rapport with tons of people um, that you would like to receive compensation from, you know, on the back end? And uh, 
you know, so that was an interesting thing. And that's helped me just recognize that people are people, you know, and that we all have common sufferings and common challenges. And so um, that was really formative for me. And then I moved into doing um, different things in the science realm. And I love science. And that's um, why I'm attached to positive psychology, which is the study of human happiness. And, um, you know, in there, I realized that I love being front and center. I love being the center of attention. And so how can I do that? You know, holding a microphone, sharing my message with people, working with workplaces, getting to be the silly person, you know, all of that is kind of led me down this path. And it wasn't a linear path. And I think people need to honor that, you know, that we think we know what we're doing. We, we try to choose a career for college and university. Maybe it's the right path. Maybe it's not. And then we have to figure out, like, what that looks like as we noodle our way towards that. So it's been an, it's been a journey, that's for sure. I think a lot of people struggle with that, certainly coming straight out of college, thinking that this is what their career is going to be. And I think very rarely does do many people actually go through a single career. And certainly in today's economic climate, people can have to adapt and change and i think it's 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 the same for most of us i was exactly the same as as you were describing then so um so yeah so today we're going to be talking about burnout in in particular and i think a lot of people certainly i know i have been very close to burnout before how do well, what are some of the warning signs that people should be looking out for if they are approaching burnout or maybe they're already at that point where they're still functioning but they are utterly burnt out but that you said you've approached being burnt out before and you haven't actually experienced it makes me wonder if you're an actual human being are you a robot <laughs> is this an ai interview <laughs> because you know even the guy this is you know me i speak on human happiness right like and i'm a pretty happy person overall pretty bubbly person overall um, you know, I still experience it, you know, from yeah. time to time. And I was just in, uh, over the summer, I was in the UK and I needed that break, you know, I needed to get yeah. away from the work I was doing in the day to day. Um, you know, burnout has been described as kind of really having three aspects that we should pay attention to. Um, one is the perception that we are not as effective as we normally are. So like, I, like, you know, we know what our best performance looks like. We shouldn't expect that our best performance is like the standard all day long because we're just not capable of always you know, meeting that standard. Um, but just kind of seeing that or feeling that about yourself or or having other people honor it, I think that's an opportunity for leadership to say, hey, like something's off with you. Like, why, why aren't you hitting like you normally would? Um, the other one is cynicism, you know, kind of just not thinking positive things about the people around you or the mission or whatever it is that you're working on. You know, that starts creeping its way in. There's negative thought patterns attached to all of that. Um, yeah, and then the other is just, you know, flat out exhaustion, you know, like having no energy for the work that you do that normally used to energize you. And um, so it's, and it can be really subtle and, um, and figuring out where you are and kind of um, unpacking that really kind of takes like some really some self exploration too. And uh, there's some really good tools out there and I'll um, give it to you for the show notes. Um, it's a burnout inventory, you know, where you can just kind of like, you know, answer some questions about how you're feeling about yourself. Yeah. And then I think with all of this, the more you can understand kind of like where you are at certain times in your life and being like, oh, this is, you know, oh, this time of my life and this is how I was feeling. And oh, things have shifted and not just related to burnout, but a lot of things. But if you have that baseline awareness, then you can be like, oh, what's different here? And what's the thing that I need to bring back in because I was happier back then than I am now? So. Yeah. Would, uh, you know, you picked up on something that I'd said. But really, is it possible that people are burnt out, but are still able to function to a less, obviously a lesser extent, not know that they're burnt out, but actually be in that state? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the big things that's that we don't have, um, and, and I would say that this is really problematic in the hospitality industry by and large. You know, you're, maybe just cafes, from my experience, or restaurant work, we don't spend a lot of time investing in corporate culture. We don't spend yeah. a lot of time investing in leadership development. You know, and um, and so we don't spend a lot of time as we would do maybe in other corporate settings of like really giving people time to explore who they are. Um, typically in the corporate setting, it's driven by performance and productivity. I think there's this kind of spinning of the wheel coming around and saying, okay, yeah, performance and productivity are important to uh, investing in our people and developing them as leaders, but it's also a, a culture piece. It's also a retention piece. It's also what people are looking for in their work these days more than before. And I, so I think that there was this, um, I think before there was this cultural expectation that you worked really hard, you worked your fingers to the bone because you were so proud to have the job that you have, right? Like that was so important. And I think now it's flipped being like, well, now I have my choice between jobs. You know, we have a, a, a 11 million unfilled vacancies here in the United States. Wow. And so people can choose. And so now people, I think, are looking for more out of their work in a lot of ways. The Cafe Hustle is brought to you by Road to Clyde, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Used by more than 4,000 businesses, Road to Clyde saves managers time spent on admin, helps save on labor costs, and makes life easier for you and your staff. Try it for free for 30 days by visiting thecafehustle.com forward slash Road to Clyde. The Cafe Hustle is also supported by Espressly. Now, with the move to digital happening fast and your customers expecting to get access to your business wherever they are, means a mobile ordering solution is crucial for allowing your customers to order on the go. Not only that, but your digital presence must be an extension of your physical location and brand. With Espressly, you can get your very own branded mobile ordering app that integrates seamlessly with other brands, including Square, Give your staff and customers a mobile ordering experience usually only reserved for big budget operators and chains. Check out what is possible over at thecafehustle.com forward slash Espressly. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-S-L-Y. If you need a mobile ordering app, you need Espressly. I think certainly for me, my experience, and it was very early on running the cafes, when once I moved into hospitality, owned the cafe, and we were there at the point of, you know, keeping this business going. And it must have been about six months in. I felt like I was just not getting the stuff done that I needed to. And it take it took me, like, re, I had to actually go beyond that point, put the work in to allow me to step back a little bit from the business, you know, start to take more time for myself, reinvest some of my time in myself. But really looking back on it now and just talking or looking at the, the things you've highlighted there, I think right now that I really was at a point of I was really burnt out at that six month mark, you know, adjusting to this new industry that I'd never been in before. You know, I just had the love of coffee from, you know, my cycling and, and had an idea of what I wanted the business to be. But the reality was I was probably burnt out. Mm -hmm. and it's the nature of things sometimes like they come in cycles right i think you you honored your own reduced effectiveness right you were like oh i'm not getting things done like i should be and there's this point of like and i have so much to do and how do i walk away from this stuff uh and there's a point where you're like you know if you were to walk away from this stuff and go take a 15 minute walk i bet you're going to come back and be a lot more productive around this stuff you know you're going to like sort out what needs to be done prioritize things instead of trying to do everything um, you're going to re-energize your body. Movement is really good for the body. 
Um, and you were probably sacrificing a lot of the other things to keep your batteries full. And I, you know, like I think of life as a proverbial sequence of batteries, you know, like you should have, you have a love life. Do you have friends? Do you have community? Are you making money? Is your career fulfilling? Um, do you have a connection to spirituality? Whatever those things are for you that keep you full. And then if work is taking all of that energy and it's not mm. filling it back up and these other batteries are drained then you're going to get drained, you know? And so I think you honored kind of like, all right, I'm at the point of having to take a break before I like am broken, you know? Yeah. I think certainly <clears throat> the hospitality industry of there needs to be a mind shift of how we look after ourselves. Cause I think really it's that grind culture, that hustle culture that really, it does you no good in the longer term. Yes, it works great for, say, for example, the month of December where we are, you know, traditionally very busy and we have to put the effort in. But <clears throat> longer term, it's it's certainly not sustainable. And that's the biggest challenge I think we face right now is to start helping people certainly identify burnout. But then how can we, how can people start taking you know, steps towards it. You, you mentioned there a 15 minute walk. What other things can people do to really start, you know, dealing with the fact that they are at a state of burnout? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we honored before we talked about awareness, right? So it's like honoring the fact of like, Oh, that's what this feeling is. And I can label this. Like I have literacy around being able to label, you know, like a lot of us don't have the ability to even label our emotions and to understand kind of unpack what's behind those emotions and what got us there. Um, and so I think awareness is the first start of being like, oh, that's what this is. Uh, oh, I'd rather be doing something other than this thing. Now, a lot of us would say that about our work all the time and be like, I never want to work. And if that's not what you want to be doing, then I'm yeah. sorry for you. I want to be doing my work. I find joy in my work. Um I also recognize there's hard parts of my work and I'm going to lean into those things because I want to continue to do more work and impact more people, all of those things. So I, I think the first part is the awareness. And then, you know, the second part is really, um, it's really hard to say because it really does depend. And that's such a, like a cop out sort of answer. And what I mean by that is, you know, like if you're the owner of the business and you have a staff of four, well, you can't go take a two week vacation yeah. pretty much without either having a killer staff that can cover things while you're gone or you have to like let things slide or change your hours or, you know, do what those things are. And so it happens at different scales. It could be the micro thing of like, oh, we're not opening on Sunday um, or we're closing on Sunday at two instead of five. You know, those are shifts. Or I'm going to make time for this 15 minute employee meeting, but we're going to do it walking. Uh, or I'm going to make sure that I take off one day a week. And if it means that somebody else has to do the thing, whatever that thing is for your business, then you've got to do it, you know? And um, I was just in a, I was just in a restaurant the other day that coming back from a road trip of California and stopped at this cute little restaurant. It was a scratch kitchen. Do you use that term in the UK? Like yeah, made yeah, from yeah. scratch yeah, type yeah. stuff. Yeah. And really great food, really fun. Uh, he didn't call them fries. He didn't call them chips. They were right in between. They were disc shaped, but they were soft in the middle and they, they were fantastic. And he explained the process of what it took to make those chips. And it was like a four step process of like cooking, chilling or Cutting, chilling, drying, par par cooking, and then fully cooking when they were ready. And then he was like, and I'm down staff, and it's basically just me and like one other person. And I was like, I think you need to change your fry recipe. You know, like that that's so much energy into something that I don't even know what his margin is on that, you know. But if like if there's some things that you eventually have to make some sacrifices away from what I would call the purest that you might want to be in the work that you do versus like what you have to do to allow yourself to have space for other things. 
think what I'm hearing is it's got to be you've got to make it work for you and you're you're right you touch on there this idealistic approach to what we do and especially when there's so much passion behind certainly in the restaurant hospitality industry there's so much passion in there that people tend to not want to do exactly what you're talking about there is change or go away from what they what they do but the reality is i think that there's other options that we can explore which again it takes time to do that but you could save your energy still provide an equally quality product but there's alternatives but the main thing is that you find what works for you mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh, the humanity piece is really important too i think that um you know the thing that's popped up out here a lot is that you know people are short staffed and that the signs that you see popping up from time to time that i think are really valuable is there basically it's like usually a handwritten sign that says we are short staffed we're human beings be patient be kind you know and i think you can extrapolate that i mean that should be a sign over every door at every office at every place like we're human beings inside these places but what does that look like of just being like, hey, like it's honor the fact that behind this are people that are doing the best they can and it's not always going to be perfect. And by the way, you're not perfect either, you know, and and that's super hard. You know, people get really attached to, um, you know, their brand and what they put together and all the effort and the energy and making and giving up on on holding that ideal is, is hard to let go of. I yeah. totally get that. But, you know, little micro shifts in there can be done. Now, I mentioned about passion there and. I know certainly owners, business owners can, they can get further, they can get on with things based on their passion. You know, the, it fuels what they do. But how do we as business owners, is it easy enough as a, or is it simple enough to identify burnout within our employees? Is there anything, any red flags to look out for that maybe an employee isn't quite handling, you know, the stresses of the job? as well as they should be or they've gone beyond especially when we're so short staffed at the minute is there anything that they can look out for well yeah i mean i'd say it's those same three signs Mm -hmm. right but but humans are complex and i i think one of the real hard things is it you know that we are are shown or we are told that you know that push through the hard stuff we don't need to show fallibility. We don't need to show vulnerability. You know, weakness, um, exposing weakness is a flaw. And I think we're hopefully moving away from that and understanding that, like, there's human beings in front of us. And some of the b- human beings in front of us, this is just a job to them. They want to come in. They want to do their work. They want to go home. They want to do that on time. They don't want it to be a painful experience. Some of them, it's a career. They're working towards, you know, cho- choosing this as something that they want to be doing um, as their professional career. And so for some people, it's their calling, you know, for the people that it's the, the purpose driven people, you know, they're like, this is what I am doing. This is my definition, a, a huge part of my definition of myself, of like what I put on a plate or in a cup or in front of people. Um, you can't have, you can't expect your other people to all have that same passion for the thing that you do. Um, that's part one. So you have to honor, honor where people are. And the only way you get to do that is by really trying to figure out who they are. And asking them, you know, if somebody's a college student or university student and they're saying, no, I'm just working in the shop until I finish with my degree, you know, and then I'm moving on to law school or criminal justice, honor that. Give them a really great experience. They're doing what they're doing and, you know, and show them that what they're doing now today, kind of like what I was saying before 
of like, I didn't think I would be in hospitality forever, but I know there's an underlying skill set that I like honed and sharpened by being in hospitality when I was younger. Uh, it's that fearlessness, you know, of like talking to new people. And, um, you know, and then I think that, it, that that part there about getting to know your people takes time, but you should work on that, right? And I think that leaderships, the leadership that can be vulnerable um, about things without being just like, yeah, I'm burned out, I'm exhausted, whatever those things are, that's not the approach I'm saying. But leaders that can share when they make mistakes, leaders that can share when they're struggling, leaders can share their own experience and this growth on their own path to get to that point, uh, I think opens the door for people to share where they are. Absolutely. And then you can say, hey, I think you're in a spot where why don't you not take your next shift? You know, yeah. four doubles in a row, bad idea. Yeah. You know? So that's part one of my chat with Anthony. I think really from this episode, one of the big takeaways certainly to start thinking more about, and we spoke about it earlier this week, is that self-awareness. Know when you are experiencing what could be the early stages of burnout or overwhelm and take action take real action this isn't a case of you know waiting and see try and find the help for you certainly if you're a business owner try and find help from someone whether it's family members or even make sure you start delegating some of the work even if it's something that you think your team aren't quite ready for even part of it try and get some of that moved on to onto them but Likewise, we need to be very mindful of our people and, and them experiencing the same things, you know, getting to that point of, of burnout. Right now, we are doing so much more work as an industry because, you know, we haven't got the staff, but we're still serving the customers, still delivering the same level of, of service that they expect. But we don't have the people necessarily to always deliver that. So we're, our teams are working more than they probably should do anyway so it's again it's an awareness of that as well and maybe adjust your business to suit you know your current staffing levels i think and i've, I've spoken about this a few times now that this year it's going to be really important that we do take care of our staff it's not just about putting people first we have to put them first but we also have to care deeply for them the, we're not just providing jobs anymore we're providing a purpose for people and we need to really deliver on that but it has to be sustainable we can't afford to be burning through our people to have them leave and go and work somewhere else whether it's in another industry more likely we can't afford that right now so there's a couple of things to be aware of your own you know your own stage of of potential burnout your workload getting the help that you need to as and when you identify that but also being very wary of our teams, adjusting what we do to suit them, to suit their their current workload. So in the next part of the episode, we're going to be looking at how we get through burnout and start improving our employees' engagement as well. It's a big part of, you know, when we're motivated. And the reality is sometimes with burnout, it's just the case that you lose the motivation. And you don't have that desire to do that work, certainly in the short term. So it's how we can get more engagement from our teams. And also, certainly if there's more of a, of a burnout problem generally, how we can address it. And we're also going to touch on Anthony's top three leadership tips for anyone leading people in 2023. So I hope you can join us on the next episode. Thank you again so much for, for joining me. One thing I would ask right now 
if you're at your computer or if you've got your phone and just drop me an email right now we're trialing again keeping our episodes around the 30 minute mark certainly less than 30 minutes i just want to know whether that works for you we're getting these episodes in two parts would you rather have them across you know the monday and the wednesday episode for example to shorten them down but to still deliver a lot of value or would you prefer to just have a larger say 45 minute to an hour episode each monday and wednesday or again just once a week just let me know what your thoughts are if you've got the time i would really appreciate that's at andy at the cafe hustle.com anyway until our next episode thank you so much again for joining me i really appreciate it and i look forward to welcoming you back on our next episode with competition for hospitality staff fiercer than ever, it's never been more important to offer your staff a five-star employee experience. One way that hospitality businesses all over the UK are doing that is by using RotorCloud. RotorCloud is the web-based platform for planning rotors, recording attendance, managing staff holidays, and more. It also makes life easy for your staff by giving them 24-7 access to their rotors, timesheets, and as well as letting them do things like request annual leave, arrange their own cover for any shifts they can't work all via the free rotoclide mobile app head to the cafe hustle.com forward slash rotoclide now to claim your free 30-day trial and give your team the kind of employee experience they deserve